This is a Defocus Media production. Hey everybody, I'm your four-eyed professor, Chris Levens, and I'm super excited to talk to you today. Our roll call is for new and experienced ODs, optometry students, and even those just interested in this profession. We'll cover a number of topics together, and I'll help you see them through a professor's eyes. Please take your seats. School's in session. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This is our first video feed, and I'm delighted to have as a guest, Emily Moore. Welcome, Emily, and thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we're actually taking a different turn. I actually haven't had an optometry student on the podcast before, so you are our inaugural interview. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'll be really curious to talk you through your journey thus far, um, as well as what might come next, but bring us all up to speed on you. So tell us a bit about yourself, and then I'll just start asking you some questions to get a timeline of where you were and uh, all the way up until where you are today. Okay, yeah. So as you said, my name's Emily, and I'm currently a third year optometry student at Southern College of Optometry. I grew up in a small town in central Pennsylvania, really not a lot of people around. Um, And then from there, I went to the University of Pittsburgh, where I got an undergraduate degree in biology. And then that led me to Memphis, (laughs) to optometry school. So when did optometry get on your radar with regards to being a health discipline that you had an interest in? Yeah, so I didn't get my first eye exam until I was in college, actually. It was my freshman year, and um, I realized I couldn't see the board super clear, and all of my friends could. I was, like, taking pictures of the board and zooming in to be able to see it better. (laughs) Um, But until then, I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I always knew that I wanted to do something in the medical field, Um, But the optometrist I went to see was a family friend. He was like, you know, if you have time off, you really should come shadow me. I think that you'll like it. There's a really great work-life balance. You don't have to do residency. So you're not in like the schooling mode as long. So I did. I went to go shadow him and I had a really great time. So So was it shortly into your first year that you pivoted from uh, med school and pediatrics directing directly to optometry? Or was there some time frame that that decision process took? I feel like there was a time where I was doing a lot of research, looking into the different like entrance testing and again, like schooling just to see how difficult it would be to get into the different schools. I had a lot of friends my freshman year who were all in the same mindset, like going to med school was their number one priority. And so after I did a lot of research and I found out that not that it's necessarily easier to get into optometry school, but there's not as much pressure to do so much and have a 4.0 GPA And I mean, a lot of my friends, this is like kind of stepping forward, but (laughs) they had 4.0 GPAs and they still didn't get into med school because they didn't have enough background that they wanted. So for me, it was, yeah, looking into that, seeing the different schools and then realizing, again, the work-life balance, I feel like was the main thing that I really was interested in with optometry. Sure. So the, the, the question that immediately comes to my mind is you're from Central PA, you're at mm-hmm. Pitt, there's other optometry schools in closer proximity to you than Memphis, Tennessee. Now, you didn't make the leap all the way to the West Coast, but nevertheless, there, there were some closer in proximity. How did you narrow your choices down um, and how did, how did your eventual choice land on your radar? 
Yeah. So like you said, grew up in Pennsylvania. I worked at two different optometry practices there, one close to where I grew up, really rural area. And it was a um, practice with multiple doctors. And some of them were younger. I got to talk to them. Pretty much all the doctors went to Salis in Philly. Mm -hmm. And then one of them went to the school in Houston. Mm -hmm. And then they also had externs from Salis coming there. So I was able to talk to some of those students, get their opinion, see where else they interviewed, why they chose that school. Ultimately, I only applied to three schools because I, it's really expensive. And then if you get invited to interview, you really should go. And it's with flights and everything. It ends up being a lot. So my first interview was at Salus, and I didn't get the same homey feeling that I got whenever mm -hmm. I came to Memphis. Like, it was a good interview. There was absolutely nothing wrong with that school. They had amazing technology. Whenever I came right. here and interviewed, I really just felt at home. Like, I was very welcomed. Everyone was excited to have me here. Students came and talked to me, and it was just, like, a really welcoming experience. So, um, after seeing everything here, doing a little bit of research into, like, price of housing and all of that, I just decided that SEO would be the best choice for me. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. one of the, well, there's all, there's always hurdles uh, mm -hmm. when you get from point A to point B. Um, and with regards to professional schools, there's, there's for the most part, almost always some type of testing that, that is involved. And so for optometry, mm -hmm. it is the OAT or optometry admissions test. Uh, had you been always aware that that was going to be something that you were going to have to tackle and tell us about what steps you took to uh, that you undertook to prep if at all uh, and how that process went of actually taking that test yeah so i knew about the oat and one of the things um i wasn't really super familiar with was just the whole online program of like getting your letters of recommendation and all of that so i was kind of behind on the whole application process because i thought that i had to take the test before i could do everything oh, else which is not right. true <laughs> um so yeah, taking the test, I decided that one summer, I was just going to take that whole summer and study for it. I know a lot of people did things differently. I bought, um, I think it's, I don't know who makes the book, but it's an OAT prep book. And so I just went through on my own time, read through all the chapters, kind of skipped over some things that I thought that I would be good with. Like I was a biology major, so I didn't focus a ton on biology. Um, and then took the practice test that came with it and took the test and it ended up going really well for me. So I only had to take it once, thankfully, but it was it was really daunting going in. And then there were a couple of sections I was going through and I was like, wow, I really don't know if I'm doing super well on this. So it's kind <laughs> right. of, you just have to like uh, keep your attitude up the entire time you're taking it because it is a long process and it's all broken down in different sections. So even if you don't do super well on one section, your overall score can still be a high enough score to get you in. Sure. Yeah, I, 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 my personal recollection about the OAT, it, I was in New Orleans in college at the time, and it wasn't offered there. So I drove to Baton Rouge the night before to take this test. Um, there was a handful of people in the room. Um, and the only thing I remember, which, which I haven't forgotten since then, is when you're taking a test, do your due diligence and read the entire question yeah. and the entire content before answering. I remember getting to the reading, one of the reading comprehension sections, and it was all about math and statistics. And my major was math. And so I was like, oh, I don't even have to read this. I'm just going to answer the questions. I answered mm -hmm. all the questions in a couple minutes. And then when I got my score back, I like didn't get a perfect score in reading comprehension. I was like, what the heck? So <laughs> my advice moving forward is always read everything before jumping to an answer. 
Yeah. Um, okay. It's also, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's tough going in. Like, you're not the only one taking that test. I think everyone else around me was taking, like, a physical therapy assisted oh. test or something like that. So there's people, right. like, getting up and moving behind you as you're taking it. So it's just different. <laughs> so you mentioned something about your friends who you were in college with, who also had some target in mind with regards to professional programs, some of them with incredibly high GPAs, um, but not all got, got accepted to where they wanted, potentially because of maybe they weren't as well-rounded as they could have been, not just focusing on the academic piece. So talk us through that. Um, how important do you think it is to have quality grades, and in this case, test scores, like we just mentioned, but other pieces to the puzzle as well, to be a very attractive candidate. Yeah, I mean, obviously good grades are gonna help you get the interview to begin with, but the schools are, like you said, interested in well-rounded students. Um, whenever I came and interviewed here, we went through all my um, transcripts. And I remember talking with Sunny and she was like, you know, you don't have the perfect GPA, but we're really happy that you weren't just taking 12 credits a semester. Because when you come here, you're gonna be taking like 18 plus credits and to show that you were able to do that and take higher credits, even though you didn't get perfect grades, that's a lot more important to us that you were able to do that. And then also juggle like extracurricular activities. And like personally, I did research in an organic chemistry laboratory whenever mm-hmm. I was in undergrad. And then just yeah, being, in any clubs that you can and also trying to do things that are relevant. I know some schools, they don't care if your um, experience is paid or if you just go shadow optometrist, but just try and make sure that you see different aspects. Like you don't just stay at one place, see one doctor and just how they do it because there's so many different areas that people can almost specialize in an optometry and just seeing all the different areas helps the optometry schools to see you as a more candidate because you're more aware of what's happening, but it also can help you know what direction you want to go in. And that can help you choose a school too, to see what their main focuses are. Yeah, I love that. I totally agree. Um, So as you were preparing yourself for this interview coming, and in this case, your three interviews coming. um, Oh, and incidentally, I do actually have an early podcast uh, in our library specifically on interviewing skills, as well as creating and drafting your resume. Uh, But how did you go about that? How did you prepare for these interviews? And how did you present yourself on paper in a form of a resume? So I didn't have a great resume before coming to optometry (laughs) school. Um, And when it came to my cover letter or whatever letter you had to have to write to come into school at Pitt, we have a um, like resource center. We had a writing resource center so i took my letter there like three separate times i'm like Mm -hmm. help me make this sound better because i don't have you know perfect grammar and everything and that's something that's super easy that an admissions person is reading through your essay and they're like oh well she spelled this wrong she didn't put a comma in the right place like that's just small things that really can make a difference um so for that i mean just use your resources and try and get the help you can as far as interviewing goes i like I said, had friends that were also applying to graduate programs. So we would really sit and find interview questions online and interview each other and try to help each other, um, like come up with good answers and also be better at like being put on the spot and being able to answer things because there are some questions that you're just like, oh, I've never even thought about that before. And you don't want to be in an interview just like sitting there for two minutes trying to come up with an answer. So That really helped me, yeah, looking online for interview questions that were popular with different professional programs was helpful. 
So how so did did your prep work pay off? Did did you pretty much predict every question for the, for the most part, most of them that were asked of you, or, or did anybody ask you an oddball question? Um, whenever I went to Salus, it was really interesting. They had I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they had a question about like what would you do like a morality type question. So there really mm. wasn't a wrong answer, but it was just how you defended your answer. I think that made sense. And yeah. that's what they wanted. Um, at SEO, I mean, I think it depends on who's interviewing you. But one of the questions was, what's a problem that you see in optometry today? Hmm. And how do you think that that will impact your future? So I think just staying up to date on like what's happening in the industry, what, yeah, in general, what's going on so you can know what type of questions they're going to ask. Yeah, I think that that's really good advice. And I'm glad you actually prepped because that's invaluable. Sometimes just having somebody question you to throw you off base, uh, to, to put you on your heels to see how you react is excellent prep, prep work. And it doesn't even matter the question specifically. And, and honestly, the same holds true when practicing to become a, a physician or an optometrist or a dentist or what have you, where don't be a super nice partner or mock patient. Throw your partners off base because real human beings do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have had practiced somebody throwing you off base so you can handle it having had that experience. So I'm sure that that suited you well. So fast forward in time. You, you nail down your choice of schools and you arrive on campus to your optometry school. Uh, what were your first thoughts? Uh, were there any surprises? Well, after I got accepted, that's when COVID happened. <laughs> so that threw everything off. I couldn't come to Memphis. Um, our housing fair got canceled, so I didn't even know where I was living. Just kind of showed up and we were here. Um, it was a little bit hard making friends because we were at yeah. home. We weren't yeah. allowed to stay on campus. We had to go for labs and then go immediately home. Um, so our lab groups were, I think, like 10 to 12 people. And I'm still super, super close with those 10 to 12 people. But then once sure. we got back to campus, I mean, our class, everyone's super amazing and super, super nice. But it was almost weird that you're, you've been in the program for a year and a half and you're still meeting people for the first time. So that sure. was a big adjustment. Um, I also think there's the schooling is a big adjustment. There's, you have a lot of classes. You also have labs. Everyone came from kind of a different background. I think most people have like a, basic science knowledge because because of the prerequisites but some people were business majors so mm -hmm. you're all like you're starting from ground zero so even if you knew something or you thought you really knew it well everyone's learning biochemistry again from like the basic level for the first time so i yeah. think that for me like just being able to focus on what's important and not be like oh i know that and blow the class off and then not do well on a test or something it was it was a big adjustment yeah covid through the whole world off base, yeah. <laughs> um, and you and you started at a really in a non opportune time due to that, um, and but what COVID did to the world, what one of the things is it forced us into virtual learning, and you had quite a bit of it. Some of that's really never going to go away. So for those people who are still in some form of virtual learning, um, or who will soon be at least remote learning, any words of wisdom you can give someone, because when you're not in a classroom and you're not forced to pay attention, it's really easy to get distracted. How did you stay focused? I'm going to be honest. First year wasn't my best year. It was a lot for me to adjust to. I found personally that I don't focus super well just being on my own. So I found my group of friends who I can study with 
and we will almost force each other just to go through the lectures. Even if it's our first time going through, we'll talk through it together. And that has helped me a lot because they force you to stay on track. You're all going through it together. So you also feel on the same page and you're not falling behind. So that's been the biggest thing that's helped me. And then also having a separate space. I mean, my desk was in my bedroom. I was like, oh, I can just sit in my bed and watch class and that'll be fine. That's a terrible idea. Definitely like have a <laughs> separated space for studying and doing schoolwork versus your relaxation space. So now having been through virtual learning, now in-person learning and clinical learning, um, has has your strategy pivoted at all or changed at all? Or or are the study habits that you started with, are they still with you? And then how does your current challenges in preparing in optometry differ from your experience in undergrad, high school, what have you? Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was a really big adjustment because I feel like I finally got used to being at home, doing all of my classes online and being able to study, have a schedule and everything. And then our third year, that's whenever we start clinic. And then they also made it so in-person class was mandatory. So that was a really big adjustment being at school from eight until 8 a.m. until sometimes 6.30 p.m., just really long days and then finding the time to study afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard for me in the summer. And it was, I feel like my biggest thing there was finding time to study with my friends. We would force each other to stay on track. We would study for exams, even if it was the night before talking through lectures, just to force ourselves to do it. That was the best thing for me. Um, now with board studying, I think some parts of it were helpful that we studied together. And those things are definitely more solid in my mind when I'm going back through and trying to like relearn some of these topics. But it's the same thing. I feel like I have to it's really hard for me to find time for myself because I just feel like I'm constantly at school, going to class, going to clinic, and then I'm studying and going to bed. So I think just trying to find a balance. I'm a person, I need a really strict schedule to be able to get mm -hmm. things done. So trying to force myself to stay on top of it has been really helpful. I write lists down and I cross them off as I get through it for the day. And that's really helpful to me. Yeah, it's always fun to cross something off the list. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, so this year, in addition to being back on a campus for full-time education, you also have been able to see your first direct patient. Um, mm -hmm. What, if any, surprises did were there? Or were you fully prepared, went through swimmingly without an issue? I don't think anything can prepare you for your first real patient. Um, it's just so different. We were all used to practicing on our classmates and everyone sits perfectly still, looks the way you tell them to look. They answer your questions how you want them to. We all know like exactly what to do. We're the perfect patient. And then you have real patients in your chair. They don't dilate super well. So you have to add some extra drops in. They um answer your questions the first time around you see something and you're like are you sure this has never happened oh yeah actually now that you say it 10 years ago i got hit in the face with a baseball like there are so many different things that they'll throw off your exam almost like halfway through so it's definitely been i've had a great experience i mean all the patients have been great i've learned a ton but it's very 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 different from whenever we were just practicing in lab yeah have yeah i i and, and that kind of goes back to what I mentioned before. I wish that everybody's partners were meaner to each other, not really to be yeah. mean, but to try to prep for real life because human beings are a weird bunch. Uh, so I am certain now, I, I would guess anyway, that your skills have grown exponentially since patient one versus whatever number you're on now. Um, are, are you aware of how quickly you are improving? 
and where you were, or is it hard to remember where you were? Yeah, I think whenever we look back, I mean, we've had some patients that come back in to see us already from the summer. And we're like, oh my gosh, you were probably here for like three hours. And some of them are like, oh, I was here for more than that, actually, because it really would take us three hours to do a simple exam. Now we almost have to do it in an hour, hour and a half because they added more patients in. But you can definitely tell even the time aspect, you really don't have to think as much as you're going through the testing. And instead of like charting everything, it's like, oh, normal, normal. You're just looking for anything abnormal. And that right. definitely helps speed the process up. But yeah, it's really fun to look back and be like, wow, we really were taking three hours to give this poor person their eye exam. No joke. So you mentioned another hurdle of approaching, and there's actually multiple. Um, and, and that's honestly life. There's going to be all kinds of hurdles approaching all of us in life. Um, nobody knows what tomorrow brings. But in this case, you kind of do know what tomorrow brings. And that is uh, hurdle one, step one of the national board exam and optometry of which there are three parts. And you know, though I may not be saying these exactly right, for the most part, the first test is, is more centered on basic science and background. The second set is more on clinical optometry and then the third set is more on hands-on, but that's going to evolve uh, in the coming years. Um, what have, how have you been able to fit in uh, studying for what this next hurdle brings in addition to your regular class coursework, in addition to patient care? What, if, what is your strategy been? I think that it's really nice seeing all of my classmates are all on the same page, right? Like we're mm -hmm. in clinic, a patient doesn't show up and we're sitting there. We have like our book out, we're watching videos, everyone's studying. So that's really motivating to be like, okay, I'm not the only one that's kind of hating my life right now and <laughs> just studying constantly. But um, I know for me personally, I bought the KMK program mm -hmm. because I feel like that's I don't want to say the standard, but they have the books, they have videos, and they also have a schedule for you to go through. I can't speak on any of the other programs because I haven't purchased them, but I um, purchased it in the summer. So I, this will be my third semester that I have it. And to be completely honest, I feel like buying it in the summer was kind of a waste of money. I was more so, I started really strong at the beginning and then mm -hmm. as school started to catch up with me, it, I really just left that on the back burner. I was like, it'll be fine. I'll catch up with it and deal with it later. So this semester, I'm really trying very hard to stay on the schedule. But there are certain things like right now in the schedule, it's ocular disease. And I feel like I know that material really well. So I'm kind of skipping over it and going to try and study pharmacology a little bit more or other sections that I'm just not as confident with. So I think that just trying to realize your strengths and know know what you already know so you're not just repeating it again just to make yourself feel more confident because you could be focusing your time on other things that will help you more in the long run yeah you hit you hit it on a word that really strikes a chord with me and with regards to test taking uh and that's confidence um i, I think that confidence is really key it's really critical and it doesn't matter what type of a test you're taking um and even though testing has evolved over the years I'll share with you, Emily, my experience taking the national board exam, not the details of it, but, 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 the, but the conceptual framework and my lack of confidence initially. Um, in those years, we weren't taking tests on computers, it was on paper. And I remember sitting down for the very first portion of the part one of boards, first time I'd ever taken boards. And I remember opening the book and my memory's probably faulty. It's probably not exactly how it transpired, but as, I've, I've, as I have re- drawn the script in my brain of what happened this is what this is what i think happened they said start the test i flip open the book get to question one and my recollection is that question one was about cancer 
And I said, oh no, I didn't study cancer. So I skipped it, go to question two. Question two was on cancer. I said, what the heck's going on here? I skipped two and said, question three is on cancer. I shut the book and put my pencil down. I said, all right, I need a new strategy here. This isn't working for me. So because it was on paper, I opened the book to where the staples were and I started there. And I'm pretty sure that that first question there was on optics. And so I answered that because I had prepped for that. And then by the time I finished the whole second half of the book, I went back to the first half of the book where I think there's questions about cancer, but now I don't even remember. I just narrowed my choices down and went on my business. And every test from then on I ever took that had staples, I always started with staples. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with staples. It's all about doing something when you find yourself being uncomfortable to pivot and try to gain confidence. Because when you gain confidence, your performance improves. You're in a better, better more. You're, you're in a better more frame, a better frame of mind, um, where you can move through something that's long and challenging. So today on a computer, I don't know exactly the analogy, the, the analogy of what you could do to 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 reframe your confidence, but there's always something. Yeah, absolutely. It, taking tests here. I mean, if I don't know the answer, I just completely skip it and then mm -hmm. hope that maybe somewhere later in the test, there's like a clue in a different question that can help me out. Or that by the time I go back, I'll be like, you know what? I did so well on the rest of the test. If I get this one wrong, it's going to be okay. That's perfect advice because yeah. a lot of times there are clues later that the test writer may do intentionally or sometimes unintentionally. Uh, and then when your confidence is, oh, this test has gone well, now I'm not as nervous about this one. Yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. that, that, that's excellent advice. So besides boards, which will be coming uh, soon and as well as in subsequent months, um, what's next for you? with regards to wrapping up this educational piece of optometry, uh, then, then what? Yeah, so I am the president of SFOSH SCO, which is um, Student Volunteers and Optometric Services to Humanity. And we're planning trips for our break in May. So that's my next step is preparing all of the trips, making sure everything goes smoothly. We're still waiting on approval from the school, but I'm really excited right. about that to be able to take a week, go relax a little bit, but also help people in a different country and get to have like a bit of a vacation, but also you're helping others while you're there. I'm really excited for that. And then um, for my externships in the summer, I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna say this in like a Pennsylvania way, but in Louisville, Kentucky okay. um, at Bennett and Bloom Eye Centers, which is mm -hmm. gonna be like super, super focused on disease. And I'm really excited about that because I feel like generally in adult primary care, we're not seeing tons of disease. And if we do see it, we just send them away somewhere else and we don't get to follow them up. So I think that'll be really great and kind of help guide me to what I want after graduation. Right. Cause right now I'm so up in the air. I'm like, I could do just regular like family eye care and I'd be happy with that. Or I don't know, I could see all this disease, realize that's something that I'm really passionate about and then maybe want to do a residency. So that's sure. kind of why I chose that one first. And then in the fall, I'll be back home in central Pennsylvania working at a private practice, which is more just family optometry. Um, they do some specialty contact lenses and things like that. But generally speaking, it's just family optometry. And then in the spring, I'll be back in Memphis at the Eye Center for my last semester. Awesome. So really excited. Well, I'm going to put it in another plug. I did definitely have a, <laughs> a podcast on whether, you know, whether to do an optometric residency or not. So mm -hmm. for those that haven't attended to that, please listen. 
So anything, any words of wisdom that you have based on your experiences thus far for someone in undergrad trying to navigate their way to come to a decision on optometry or not? And then what about, what advice may you give a, a first year optometry student who's struggling to find their way, um, but they know that they want to finish this, they're, they're just having some challenges? Yeah, I feel like don't stress yourself out. That's the biggest thing. You're under a lot of pressure all the time, but just finding time for yourself to stay calm and just figure out what's going on. Realize that in the end, everything's going to be okay, no matter what you choose is the biggest thing. Um, for someone in undergrad, I would say just go shadow as many optometrists as you can. I feel like it's this is a great profession. Everyone that I've encountered has been absolutely amazing, super nice, more than willing to let me go and shadow them. Um, so just doing that, make sure that this is really what you want to do. And then do what you can to prepare for the test, prepare for the interviews. And once you get invited for an interview, as long as you don't, you know, really make a fool of yourself, you're pretty much guaranteed a spot there. So as long as you can get to that step, you should be good. Um, for first year students, yeah, just I, try and find support. There are other people in your class that are feeling the exact same way. Who are like, wow, I maybe undergrad was super easy. They got here and they're like, this is way too much for me. There are other people in the same situation that you can absolutely reach out to. Even if they don't feel the exact same way, it's still someone to talk to because they're sharing the same experience as you. So just finding people that support you, I think is the biggest thing. I like it. So, so mark your calendar, Emily, for let's plan on chatting again about a year from now. So you'll, okay. you'll be through some externships, you'll be through some more hurdles, and you'll have a renewed perspective on what's coming next. And I think you can offer some great insight into people who are uh, really going, going to be going through the same challenges as you in short order. But I do appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been great. Class has ended for today, and we have no exams or grades approaching. Please email me at foureyedprofessor at gmail.com if there are topics that you would like to hear and see through a professor's eyes.